This is what Joel Osteen saw. No. <laughs> uh, take your Bibles, go to Ezra. It's a good Wednesday night little message here. This is actually a, a message from my heart tonight. It's not necessarily, uh, might, be, might be a little bit better than from, uh, from a regular thing. I got a, I got a bunch of notes. I got two pages. I could take this like three or four hours. I could take it 15 minutes. Depends on how it goes. Uh, Ezra chapter 9. Ezra chapter 9, we'll read uh, one verse. And then I'm going to say some things uh, just to let everybody know where we're at. And now, this is Ezra talking, and now for a little space, grace has been shown from the Lord our God to leave us a remnant to escape, to give us a nail in his holy place that, that God may lighten our eyes and give us a little revival in our bondage. Father, again, thank you for your blessings tonight. Thank you for our church. Thank you for those who are here tonight, those who's watching uh, from home. Lord, I just pray that you'd be a special blessing to them. Uh, Lord, that everything works right, that the devil don't get in there and mess up the, the airwaves and all the other stuff. Uh, Lord, uh, just thank you for Brother Wheeler down there. I just pray for you touch him and give him what he needs uh, to do what you called him to do. And uh, Father, again, thank you for just letting us support missionaries. Father, again, bless the evening, bless the service, bless the message, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, I, I come across this verse a long, long time ago. I've been reading. I don't. I looked. I thought, man, you know, have you ever read something and you read it and you read it and read it and you think you wrote something on it? And I've never wrote a message on. It. I couldn't find one. I went in my old stuff. I went in my new stuff. I've got stuff for uh, that goes back till 2005, and I don't have anything there. So if I've ever preached something on it, I, I could have just blame it on my Alzheimer's or dementia, and uh, I have forgotten that I did it. But Ezra nine, he's sitting here talking about, uh, and the and for a little space, grace has been showed. Uh, we, we bought that piece of property back here uh, where the apartment building is. And, and when I come across this verse the other day, I, I started thinking about the thing. And it, it started meaning something uh, more than what it normally has. Take your Bible, go back, to, just stay in Ezra there, chapter 7. Ezra is sitting in Babylon. And in Babylon, uh, the Jews uh, refused to do what God said do. And we're the same way. Sometimes we refuse to do what God says do. Doesn't matter how you figure it, but as a nation, the Jewish nation refused to do what God. If you, if you read your Bible and you come through there, man, I tell you what, I'm reading through four times a year is amazing because it's like inter, everything's doing this. And I'm coming through, uh, uh, I'm, let's see, oh man, I, I just got through Leviticus. I'm in Numbers. Uh, and the Lord's all mad at everybody because the, the Jewish people are constantly mad at Moses. Uh, they always think they're equal to Moses. They think this, this, and that. And they're always murmuring against God because they really never got in to start with. The key to this thing is getting in. I'll tell you what, I'll, right up front, I'll tell you. The key is getting in and staying in no matter what. Dr. Roman always said, he said, uh, uh, Christianity is like a train, a train ride. Uh, you get saved and you get on the train. The key is staying on the train. Don't get off the train. Uh, you'll, you'll pull into another port somewhere, another port, another train station, and people will get on and get off. He said, don't get off. Just stay on the train. And, just, and eventually that train ends up in the celestial city in heaven, and you're done. Uh, what happened is the Jews refused to do what God said do, and he says, you're going to be fine. I, I'm going to get you out of the land. So when Jeremiah has a prophecy, 70 years you're going to be in, uh, taken out of the land so the land can rest. God's serious about what he does. And sometimes I don't think we're serious about what we do. Uh, brother, I'm not chiding anybody. Just, just stick with me just for a minute. So, so I'm sitting here. I read my Bible, and I'm, not just, I'm just one of these people when I'm, I'm black and white. 
There is no gray in there. You may say, well, Mike, you mess up. Yeah, yeah, I mess up, but there's no gray. It's right or wrong. It's right or wrong. There's no gray area there. Oh, well, uh, it's okay if, no, it's not okay. It's not okay. It's right or wrong. Now, God either approves or disapproves of, of everything I do in my life. I don't even care what anybody else. Ezra's sitting here, and he's in Babylon now. And he's stuck over here. And 70 years they've been in here. And, and Daniel gets a hold of the thing. And Nehemiah gets a hold of the thing. And Jeremiah gets a hold of it. And, and all these people start seeing what's going on. And, and all of a sudden, here comes Artaxerxes. And Artaxerxes here says, uh, uh, and after these things, verse, chapter 7, verse 1, and after these things, in the reign of Artaxerxes, king of Persia, Ezra, the son of uh, Sariah, uh, I can't even pronounce the word, but anyways, go down to verse 6. The, uh, this Ezra went up from Babylon, and he was a ready scribe in the law of Moses, uh, which was the Lord. Ezra, Artaxerxes gave Ezra, after 70 years, permission to go back. Now, they've already sent a group of people back, and they got the temple uh, reestablished, but they don't have anybody telling them what to do or how to do it. And Ezra's going back with all the stuff to do the work with. Uh, brethren, we, 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 oh, it's a crazy, it's crazy. As I was reading the story, I'm like, Lord, Ezra starts his journey. You know, if you never start anything, you can't ever finish it. You got to start it. You know what most people's problem is? They just think all the time. I'm thinking. I'm thinking, like Winnie the Pooh, man. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. And they think they're right out of doing anything. Uh, well, I've got this problem. I got that problem. I got this problem. I got that problem. Uh, what am I going to do? No, no. You know what I do? I don't care. If I know what I'm supposed to do, I start doing it. And I figure out how to do it as I go through it. And if I got to call other people in to get the advice or what to do, that's what I do. I, I never fixed everything in the Navy. Y'all hear my stories. You think I'm a, you know, this greatest tech ever lived. Uh, there's a lot of times, man, where I'd call the engineer, Magnavox. Hey, I got your gear here, and this thing's doing this, 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 and this, and, and I haven't got a clue what it's doing. And on the other end of the phone, they'd start laughing and say, oh, yeah. And then they'd start talking to me. We'd go back and forth. And sometimes they actually walk me right to a problem that I couldn't see. Uh, sometimes you, you don't know everything. There's no way you can know everything. But if you don't start something, you can't ever fix it. We had a problem with a URC-61 one time. Uh, Ron Reese helped us fix it. But Balovich called me in his office one day, and he had his phone. He had, I didn't see him with his arm down like this. I had been, everybody's been working on this problem forever. And it would come and go, come and go, come and go, come and go. And then it would start working perfectly fine, and then it would go it, just flaky. And I'm out there working on it, and Balovich knew I was going to stay there until I figured out what the problem was. And so I'm sitting there talking, and I call him one day, and he calls me in his office. And uh, he always just, he was there just to bust my bubble, man. That's all he cared about, busting Elliot's bubble. And he was a commander, so he could do whatever he wanted to do. And he goes, Elliot, he goes, uh, I think you're troubleshooting that problem all wrong. I'm like, you're an idiot, man. You're a commander. What do you know? I said, you don't even know how to run a satellite station. You don't know squat about nothing. What do you, and, and he goes, hey, Ron, Mike says that you're an idiot. I, I thought, oh, man. <laughs> I'm like, that, that ain't even right, man. That ain't even right, because you're sitting there, and you're acting like, I'm, I said, I'm done, I'm done. You know what that is? You've got to get to the place where sometimes you don't have all the answers, but you've got to start some. Ezra's starting here. He, he gets permission to go back, and he starts. Artaxerxes gave Ezra permission. Uh, it's in the first month of the seventh reign of Artaxerxes. He gets permission to do this thing. And if you go on down to verse, I think it's verse 9, it says, Upon the first day of the first month began he to rise uh, to go up, up from Babylon, and on, the, and on the first day of the fifth month. So it took him five months to get there. 
It's about a 900-mile trip. Uh, with everything going on, uh, it took him about uh, five months to get there. Kids and all the other stuff. Artaxerxes approves it. Uh, he arrives in Jerusalem five months later. Uh, Artaxerxes has the decree from 7-Eleven on, Artaxerxes tells exactly what he's going to do. Uh, he gives him a bunch of stuff to take back, a lot of the gold and silver that they took out originally. Ezra's got all that stuff in his hand. Uh, Ezra's thanksgiving to God came in, in verse 27, 727. It says, blessed be the Lord God of our fathers, which had put such a thing as this in the king's heart to beautify the house of the Lord, uh, which is in Jerusalem. Cyrus earlier had already told him to go back and build the temple, and they did. Those went back, those who wanted to be there. And then Artaxerxes come back and says, let's finish this thing up and do it the right way. God put it in the heart. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Uh, so many times we get to the place where we want everything laid out on the table to us, and you're not going to get it all laid out on the table to you. It just won't happen. What God's going to do is he's going to lay, he's going to put the fork on the table and he's going to see what you do with the fork. If you pick it up and hold it like that, like you're looking for a piece of meat to stab it in, he might give you a piece of meat. But if you ain't going to pick the fork up, he ain't going to do nothing for you. Brother, I'm telling you what, we serve a living, risen Savior that wants us to succeed. He wants us to succeed, not necessarily in the world. He wants us to succeed in what he wants us to do. And the question is, here's Ezra. Ezra's sitting there and he goes, Artaxerxes told me to go back. Ezra's giving the thanksgiving. In verse 28, he goes, and hath extended mercy unto me. Ezra, he's like, Lord, he's praying all this stuff here. And he goes, Lord, he goes, you extended mercy unto me. Before the king and his counselors and before all the king's mighty princes. And I was strengthened as the hand of the Lord, my God, was upon me. And I gathered together out of Israel chief men to go up with me. He started looking for people who really wanted to do that. And then he gets them. He gets them, and they start heading out. Uh, I like Ezra. Ezra. Ezra's got a dilemma. Now, all of a sudden, he's got a dilemma. You know you got a dilemma, whether you believe it or not? And I'm going to tell you what your dilemma is. You're going to open your mouth and tell everybody who you are. God's going to expect you to live what you say. You can't just say it. you got to live it. And believe me, he's going to put things in your path from time to time to make you live it. And he's going to see what you can do. He already knows what you're going to do. I mean, if he knows the end from the beginning, if you blow it, believe me, he says a righteous man falls seven times, get back. So if you blow it, get back up, man. I mean, but he's going to, he's testing your metal is what he's doing. And Ezra's sitting here and, and go down to verse, uh, uh, verse 21, actually, uh, verse 15, 8, 15. He, he goes through a whole list of people here. 8, 15 says, and I gathered them together. Uh, to the river that runneth to Ahava, and there abode we in tents three days. Ezra's got a dilemma. Number one, he's got 900 miles of rough terrain. He's got to take all these people down. There's bandits all over the place. There's people all the time trying to rob these, these caravans and steal everything, and Ezra's got that problem. He knows that's there. Uh, he's got a trade, got a bunch of people with children and everything else. He's taking them with us. Uh, there's Jews along the way that hates him, that wants to stop him from, uh, not Jews, but people that don't want the Jews to get back into the place. You got to remember Israel at one time was like Babylon. Israel, the, if you look at the landmass that Israel had was huge. It was huge. And David reigned over a lot of stuff. And they knew that David, if you ever let that thing get back together, you're going to have a problem again. 
And they're trying to stop that from ever happening. Ezra, Ezra says there's, there's ones to stop. Then there's human nature. Ezra's like, man, I've got all these people and I've got to get them there. I've got to get them there and all this stuff could happen. And, I, and this, and you've got to feed them. You've got to do this. You've got to do this. I can see Ezra's problem right there. Then having the faith to trust God and not fear. If the Lord tells you to do something, you know you just need to do it. His problem is down to 21. He said something. And Artaxerxes is looking at him because Cyrus already did something. And Cyrus told him to go back. And Artaxerxes is looking at Ezra, and Ezra is saying, I have the God of gods. Did you ever read over about Hezekiah? I just read through there today. It's amazing. You read your Bible in different parts, what you get all over the place. Hezekiah is sitting there, and, and uh, the king of uh, Syria, I believe, was coming up against him, or the Syria or Assyria was coming up against him. And they said, but Hezekiah took down all the, the uh, high places of your God. Don't tell me, don't, don't listen to Hezekiah, because he's not taking down the high places. He said, follow God. No, no, Hezekiah was doing the right thing. You know what the problem is, is most people don't know who God is. They think God is, if you take down anything that you have up here that says God on it, that's okay. Uh, he's, he's got, Rabshak, he's got the wrong thing, man. Hezekiah's got the right one. God isn't worshipped up here. He's worshipped right here. And Hezekiah was putting him right where he needed to be. Rabshak, he didn't know that. So he thought, hey, I go into every country out there. They all have their gods. And who are you going to stand up against me? Hezekiah knew exactly who he was going to follow. He's going to follow God. You know what God did? He said, hey, I'm going to take care of you. He killed 185,000 men over that deal. That was God. Over one man trusted him. 185,000 people died that night. You say, God's not serious? He's dead serious about what he wants. Dead serious. You know what he's looking for? He's looking for some people like Ezra that is still scared, a little afraid, but trust him. I like Ezra, man. <laughs> he, he, Ezra was between a rock and a hard place. Verse 21. Then I proclaimed a fast. Yeah, you know, that, you know sometimes I got, I got some more of those prayer books in. Got three more of them. So I'm looking for three people that I can give this, these prayer books to. And don't you come to me for one of these prayer books and you just set it on a shelf. These prayer books are Ian Bounds complete prayer books. I'll give you one if you promise me you'll read it. If you're not going to read it, don't even come to me. But if you come to me, you know what I'm looking for? I'm looking for some people who will get serious about a couple things. You only need one or two. You get one or two to do it, and I'm telling you, brother, you could, you could change the whole world. He's sitting there, he goes, then I proclaimed a fast. You know, we could probably all use a good fast or two every now and then. A fast there at the river Ahara. He's not even moving yet. He's getting ready to go, and he's got everybody together. And he says that we might afflict ourselves before our God to seek him, to seek from him the right way for us, for our little ones, and for our substance. He goes, for out, verse 22, for I was ashamed to require of the king a band of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy in the way. Brother, we sit there and say what we are. And this world looks at us. And we require everything the world has to do what we say our God says to do. And that shouldn't be that way. I don't need this world to give me nothing. I don't need anybody to give me money. God will take care of the whole problem. I mean, he, I'm going to get to that in a few minutes. I'll get to all that. Just give me a minute. I don't need that stuff. What we built, we started from ground zero and came up, and we didn't, we're not trying to get people in here. We're trying to get people that God wants in here, in here. 
So as you build something, the people are stable as you come up, and then you can accomplish what you need to accomplish as you go down the road, and God can have the glory out of the thing. And not, oh, I got this group. I'm worried about losing this group. I'm worried about losing that group. I'm not worried about losing anybody. From the day we started this, I tried to run everybody off. And if you listen to me very long, I'm running there. I'm, I'm still trying to run you off. I tried to run my wife off. I run her down to Kentucky. She left. And she came back. <laughs> she brought my mom with her. Man, I was like, yeah. Those two are like that now. They're against me. They're against me. But he goes on. He goes, because we had spoken unto the king. You know when you hand out a gospel track, what you're saying? I believe in the God of gods. I believe God is God. I believe it is king of kings, and he's the Lord of lords. And he can just about do whatever he wants to do. Do you really believe that? Do you really believe that when you hand a track out, or you're scared to hand a track out because you're, you're just doing it because that's what you're kind of supposed to do? Or do you do it because you're talking about the king? I'm talking about the king here, the king. Not just the king of a planet, the king of the of eternity. <laughs> I mean, it's not even the universe. The universe has chump changed to him. He's going to blow the thing away. Revelation 21, he's going to blow it all away. And he's going to make it new. To him, it's chump change. It, it's, it's little stuff. It's not anything. You know what he's looking for? He's looking for some people to, like Ezra. He's looking for some Ezra's. And he's looking for some other people. Ezra's got some people with him. He goes on and he goes, because we had spoken unto the king. Could you imagine telling the king, king, I'm serving God and we're setting up a temple in Jerusalem and it's the God of gods and he's the one that thunder lightning. Moses come down, oh man, he came down. Fire came down at nighttime, cloudy, pillar cloudy today. It got us, it, it split the Red Sea. And you're telling him this and now you say, oh, by the way, can I have a, like a couple chariots and some horses and some army guys and all this other stuff to get us there safely? Cannot God like get me there? You know what our problem is, is in our problem with Christianity is we built up the wrong thing too fast the wrong way. And we never let God build the thing up in our lives. That's why I keep telling you it's an individual thing. Now I'm getting this thing. Some, this is all just precursor stuff. A fast was needed. You, sometimes you got to afflict yourselves to get yourself to a place where you can actually listen to God. They afflicted themselves, man. They all sit there at the river and as we're sitting there saying, I can't ask, I can't ask. I can't ask. I can't ask the king for nothing. I can't ask this world to give me what I need to get me through. I can't ask him. I can't. God, you got to do it. I told you when we started this church, I asked for five things. I said, Lord, I will not start the church in my garage without five things. It actually turned out to be six, but uh, I said five things. And, and the five things that I asked for was in that garage the day we started. All five of them. And all five of them uh, are still here today. We still have everything that was in that garage that day. Uh, we have a different pulpit. We still got the same preacher, got the same piano player, got a different piano, uh, and got pews. All five of those were in that garage that day. And they're still here today. Nothing's changed. I told Lord, I need these things if you want me to start the church. You know what he did? He gave me the five things. I'm thinking, oh, God. Now what? That means I got to do something. I'm a lazy bum by nature. And I just want to sit home on the couch and, and go to sleep. However, comma, if the Lord does his part, then that forces me to do mine. And I'm sitting there going, okay, okay, now I got to do. I said, oh, but I got bronchitis. And, and oh, you know, I, mean, I, I, I haven't been sick since we started this church like that. You know what he did? He said, now what? I said, okay, I'll trust you. And we started, and here we are 17 years later. You say, what has all that got to do with Ezra? 
Our God has to manifest himself in our lives. There's no difference in, the, in, in Ezra than it is us. We're the same. God has to manifest himself. Ezra was like, how can I possibly tell the king that we serve the true and own living God and I'm wrapped up in everything this world has? I can't do anything without the sports and the TV channels and this and that and the other. I can't do anything without any of that stuff. I got to have all that stuff for me to serve God. Then the king will look at you like, well, what makes you any different than me? He says, Ezra, find some people that are willing to go back. This group of people that are with Ezra are those that are willing, willing, willingly doing what they're doing. And Ezra gets in here and, and he goes, our God has to, man, I, I wrote a little note here for myself. God has to manifest himself. But the reason, the reason is, he sits there and he says, a way for us. Verse, verse uh, 21, he says, before our God to seek of him. Of him, not of this word, of him, a right way for us. We can't see it. He has to show it. I can't worry about the bandits. I can't worry about the marauders. I can't worry about those who's trying to stop us. I, we got a lot of wealth here. We're taken back. That's, that's all secondary. Lord, we got to have a right way. We're doing this because we're trying to get back to you the way it's supposed to be. And if you don't show us the way, we can't get there. We can't get there. This way is your way. It's not our way. It's your way, and it has to be shown by you for us to get there. And he goes, it's just not for us. It's for our little ones. We're responsible for the little ones so that they can come up through this thing, and they'll get it, and one day they'll be a big one, and they'll know what to do with what you're giving them. It's important. It's important. He says, our little ones, and for all of our substance. Substance is the last thing. Now, they're carrying some substance. They got all the golden dishes and the snuffers and all that other stuff and the spoons. You ever been over in, I think it's in Leviticus, man. I think it's Leviticus. It might be numbers. They come up and they give a spoon and a shekel and a this and a that and a golden bowl and a this and that. And it goes through all 12 tribes. And every day they make an offering and they give all this stuff. They got some stuff, man. They got lots of stuff to, to worship with. But that substance back here on the backside. Ezra first cares about a right way for us and a right way for our kids. We got to have the right way. A fast was needed. He got his fast. He says, seek a right way for us, for our little ones, for our substance. Our, and then I've, I've made that note there in verse six. Or my number six here says, I'm already down to six, but I only got five more to go. Our God has to manifest himself now because we have said he is the God. Anchor Baptist Church is sitting here today. I don't want it to ever leave this spot. I want, I want the world to know that there's a place where the truth is still put out. You say, there's better preachers. Yeah, there's better preachers. I don't really care about better preachers. I just want the truth to be given out. I don't ever want us to have a lie sitting in here saying that, the, that it's okay for LGB and QRTP and whatever. The AB, pretty soon it'll be the whole alphabet uh, plus, plus whatever's left. That's okay, but it's still sin. No, it, you, the, two, it's not, the two aren't the same. They can't, they can't survive together. That's what the Catholic Church has said. That's what the Pope has said. Any good Catholic ought to throw up at that. Now, I know sinners are sinners. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I got that. Anybody can trust Jesus Christ and get saved. I got that. But the two are not compatible. I don't ever want our church to get to a place where we think that's okay. It's not. 
It's not in my family. It's not in yours. It's not in the Bible. It's not with God. I, I choose God. I like, I like Joshua. We need some Joshua's. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Have you ever been tried? You say, well, Mike, it's easy to say. I've been tried. I've been tried. And I didn't come out too good all the time, but I've been tried. You know, the Lord sits there and says, do you really believe that, young man? <laughs> Let's see if you really believe that. I didn't know what he was doing. I look back at it now and I see what he's doing. God answered. Uh, so we fasted, verse 23, 8, 23, and besought our God for this, and he was entreated of us. Brethren, you know, Ezra gets back there, and, and let's go back to chapter 9. It says, when Ezra got to, to the land, uh, verse 1, real quick. Man, I'll be done here in just a second. Look at this. Y'all won't believe it, but it really am. And now, no, I won't because I'll get to the other part here, and it'll take for like three days. Now, when these things were done, verse 1, the princes came to me saying, the people of Israel have not separated themselves from the people of the land, doing accordingly to the abominations, even of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, the Moabites, the Egyptians, and the Amorites. For they have taken, and they go on. Ezra, oh man, it just tears Ezra up. <laughs> when Ezra went down to verse 4, then were assembled unto me every one that trembled. You know what our problem is today? We don't care no more. These people are trembling. God started, here's the deal. When God starts getting involved, you're going to know he's involved. And it's going to be very apparent that he's involved in what is getting ready to happen. And all of a sudden, this thing becomes really, 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 really real. real. And you got to say, what? Whoa, 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 he's getting ready to do something. And these people are trembling because they see Ezra popping in with all this stuff and the temple's there. Now watch this. It says, then were assembled unto me everyone that trembled at the word of God. Do you, do you tremble at the words of God? Let me ask a question. Do you even read the words of God enough to tremble at them? Does it ever scare you that this book is sitting here in front of you from Genesis to Revelation? And then as you read this thing, it is the written words of God to you? Man, I tell you what, I was sitting here last night and, and uh, I said, Lord, I said, this is my fault. It's my fault. My fault. I said, this, this is my fault. And it was. He goes on. He goes, trembled at the words of God of Israel because of the transgressions of those that had been carried away. And I sat astonished until the evening sacrifice. Ezra just went and found a seat somewhere, and he's like, he's just, he's blown out. He's blown away. I mean, he's just blown away. He sees what God has done and what Artaxerxes has allowed and what Cyrus has allowed, and all this stuff is how now the temple is, the foundations was laid, the temple's in, in pretty much in place, and he's bringing back everything to do the service, and he sees the hand of God all in this stuff, and all of a sudden he sees the people, they, they haven't got it yet, they haven't got it. Do you want God back or do you not? Brethren, that's, that's the whole key. Do you want him or do you not? If you want him, there's, there's part on us that we have. These people had to make a decision. Are we going to clean up our lives like God says clean it up? Or are we going to just continue to do what the world is doing? Because if that's what we're, he's not going to be here. You say, okay, what's all this mean? Watch this. Verse 5. A couple verses and I'll be done. Maybe. And at the evening sacrifice, I rose up from my heaviness. And having rent my garments and my mantle, I fell upon my knees 
and spread out my hands unto the Lord my God and said, Oh, my God, I am ashamed and blushed. I mean, he's already got, he never had to ask for the king for nothing. Uh, he's back in Jerusalem. He's safely there. God got him through there. Kept it. Hey, man, if he can kill 185 Assyrians, he can do 185,000 overnight. He can take care of your problem. There's nothing he can't take care of. Uh, I think doctors are a good thing. I think you should go to God before you go to the doctor. And if you got peace about going to see a doctor, then go see the doctor. I don't have a problem with that. I think you should check up with God first. That's just what I think. Now you can say, well, no, I'm telling you, he can solve the problem. He can solve it. And he may use a doctor to solve that problem. And again, he may not. He may give you a, a totally different direction. Ezra is sitting here and he goes and said, oh, my God, I am ashamed and blushed to lift up my face to thee. Oh my God, for our iniquities are increased over our head. And our trespass is grown up to the heavens. Since the days of our fathers have we been in this in a great trespass unto this day. Seventy years they've been in Babylon. You know, there's a lot of people who stayed in Babylon because they like the Babylonian stuff, man. They like the goodly stuff there. I don't want to go back to Israel. Israel, Israel. I mean, that's, that's like going out on the plains on a wagon train. That's like facing Indians and cowboys and Indians and stuff. I said, over here, man, I got, I got the Starbucks. Well, they got, they got the Babylon bucks, <laughs> the Babylonian bucks, and they got all this other stuff, and they got everything they want, man. They got, they, they got Verizon. Instead of Verizon, it's, it's probably, uh, what is it, uh, Zeus, 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 and all these other things. So they got all their little phones and everything there, too. They got all this stuff. We don't want to leave this because we're so comfortable with this stuff. Uh, we don't want to do that. We don't want to become a missionary and evangelist and go back and try to get something started for God. We don't want that. What we want is the comfort and brothers, it's a danger. It's a danger in that time. I'm not saying that. I like comfort too, man. I like sleeping on a nice mattress. I don't like sleeping on the floor. But if I got to, I would. He goes, and he goes on, he goes, uh, since the days of our fathers, we have been in great trespass unto this day. Our iniquities are over our heads. He says, our kings and our priests have uh, been delivered into the hands of the kings of the land to the sword, to the captivity, and to the spoil. And confusion of face as it is this day. And then he says this in verse 8. He goes, and now for a little space, grace had been shown from the Lord our God to leave us a remnant to escape and to give us a nail in this holy place that our God may lighten our eyes and give us a little reviving in our bondage. I'd like to talk about Anchor Baptist Church just for a few minutes here. 19... 80, I had no idea that I was ever going to be able to do anything like this. Never even thought about it. It wasn't even on, a, on the plate anywhere. Uh, and I would have always thought I would be the least likely to succeed at anything. And I still feel that way pretty much today. If you know me at all, uh, there's always somebody better and there's always somebody else. But Ezra prays in verse 5 there, and he goes, And at the evening sacrifice, I rose up. And he starts praying. That's why I'm going to give these three books away. I'm dead serious about it. Prayers to God gets answered. Prayers to God, not just take care of my dog, take care of my cat, take care of my tires on my car. Those are all nice things. But when you really get serious about some things, you're going to first be concerned about yourself. Where I stand with this risen living God, Savior, King of kings and Lord of lords, where I stand. Then you're going to start caring about others. What about them? 
You know what Anchor Baptist Church here, it isn't here just to have a church. It never was. Uh, I always was worried because uh, of the, the, the church itself just didn't, it didn't feel right. That's why we put this on the end of here. Uh, because it didn't, I didn't like it that way. And it wasn't, oh, that's his preference. No, it, it wasn't, it didn't feel like a church to me. It just felt like something that was thrown here that, that they used to do. And then I walked around, talked to all these people out here, and they said, hey, the only reason anybody ever wanted us is for our money. We never hardly take up an offering for anything. You know why? Because I've been in churches, was that's all they did. Give me your money, give me your money. I had a preacher one time says, Mike, I want your wallet, I don't want you. Then you don't want me. See, I want you. I don't necessarily care about your wallet. You know why? Because I got God. I've watched him do some of the craziest things you've ever seen in your life. We got this piece of property. I just shown a brother a, a picture. I got a picture back there where it's all grassy out here. <coughs> this wasn't even here yet. Uh, it was still the back door. And, and I sit there and said, Lord, I, I just don't like this. I was preaching down there and this way. and I said, I don't like this. I just don't like it. And this is why I don't like it. Fifteen years ago, I walked around this building when it was that way, and me and the Lord had a conversation. And he said, are you sure you can do? I mean, I already knew what he wanted. I knew it. I knew he wanted this church here. There's a purpose why he wants. It has nothing to do with me. It has to do with him. There's a purpose. It's for your little ones. It's for you. This church isn't about Mike Elliott. It's about us. It's about a, a people. Ezra knew that, that the, the temple was not set in Israel, in Jerusalem, just to have a temple in it. No, no, it was to bring the people of God back to a center stage where they needed to be. It's important. Why? Because they needed to know the right way to go. You can't know the right way. I would never want to be in a church that is just going to, if you're going to chunk that songbook then get out of here, man. You ain't gonna, that songbook's going to always be there. As a matter of fact, I might even get an older one than that one. <coughs> that songbook ain't going away. This Bible is not going away. A King James 1611 is not going away. Why? Because my little ones have to see it. These people have to see. You know why I like y'all going to uh, Dr. Peacock's school down there? Or even if you went to PBI, I don't care as long as you'll get the right Bible. But, but it excels your ability to learn some things. It accelerates it. I, that's the only reason I went to Bible college. I didn't go to Bible college to, to be a preacher. I went to accelerate what I needed to know. I went to ETA school up at Great Lakes, Illinois, for two years up there in school, 15 hours a day to accelerate what I wanted to learn. I wanted to learn electronics. I didn't work out at the site out there 12 hours on, 12 hours off, and the 12 hours off, spend another eight hours out there just because I, no, I wanted to learn what I was doing. I accelerated what I, how bad do you really want to know God? There's the key. How bad do you want to know it? Why would you have a church sitting here? Well, the Lord says, are you sure you can do this? Had nothing to do with none of y'all. I had a lady in here one time. She was here the other day, as a matter of fact, going through all kinds of trouble. She said, I'm looking for a church, and I can only come to church on Wednesday nights. I said, sis, I said, this church will be open on every Wednesday night, whether you're here or not. I said, if it's just me and Beth, we'll be here in church on Wednesday night. She came for a long, long time, and some things went down, and, and I think she's trying to get back in. And, and uh, there's a lot of people like that out there. But it really had nothing to do with her. It had to do with me. Me and the Lord talked about this thing 15 years ago. It's like Noah. He says, Noah, build me an ark. He comes back 100 years later and says, where's my ark? 
You know, sometimes you make a deal with God, he expects you to keep it. You know, our country is so, we tell people stuff and then we never do what we say. But if you tell the Lord something, then he really expects you to do it. Because if he starts blessing that thing like he's doing with Ezra, he's getting ready to do some other things. Ezra's sitting here and he gets back uh, and he, he, he comes to a realization that God gave him everything he needed to get back to Jerusalem. I started working on, I told you all about two weeks ago, I started working on that nursery. And I had a bathroom right behind here and that nursery, those were really the only two rooms that we hadn't touched. Everything else is touch-up stuff now. And I said, as soon as I get that other, that nursery done, I said, Lord, the Lord's going to do something. I know what it is. I've been working with another real estate agent for a month, month and a half, ever since we got the house back here. I'm going to talk about that house too because uh, the guy who got that house said, oh, hey, he could get me this thing over here. Uh, last Thursday, George was sitting in here, and George has a daughter that's a real estate agent. And I said, hey, George, could you talk to Linda and ask her if she could just do some checking on that apartment complex over there and just tell me what the deal is with it because I'd really like to get it. We need to control it. There's been drugs going through there, probably prostitution, all kinds of stuff. And I'm sitting there. I come across this verse, and I've been reading this thing for years. It says, and now for a little space God had given, has showed uh, and now for a little space, grace has been showed from the Lord, our God, to leave us a remnant to escape, to give us a nail in his holy place, that our God may lighten our eyes and give us a little reviving in our bondage. You know what Acre Baptist Church is here? It, he gave us a nail. He said, I'm going to give you a nail, and I'm just going to stick it in the wall. And everything you have is going to hang off that nail. And he goes, I'm going to have some grace with you. I'm going to give you 15 years. And he comes back in 15 years, and we're just about, they're going to come in and start drywalling that thing, mudding it tomorrow, and it'll, it'll be back in business, and it, it'll be done. And Linda called me today and said, uh, well, she called me Saturday, Friday. She said, hey, they want to meet you and talk to you about that property over here. I said, fine. Uh, I didn't even ask anybody, yay or nay. I had a few people there, and, and they were all for it too, but... I made the command decision at the appointment. I made an offer of 150000 and they took it, by the way. Uh, and, and I'm sitting there, and I'm looking at the property. I'm like, Lord, we got to control this property. And I'm sitting there all of a sudden when that thing, when she called me today and told me that, this, this thing really popped in my mind. The Lord says, I've now solidified Anchor Baptist Church. It's been 15, actually 17 years. He says, I finally, he said, Mike, I've made that a nail, and it won't go nowhere. That house back here, the, the property line was two foot away. We had, we, the house was two foot from that property line. We've had the, the permission to put a building on the back of the church. I never felt comfortable about it because it was always a problem. Uh, whenever you got a little church, I've seen people, they, they do storefronts, churches, whatever. They never, they never get what they need for anything in the future. They never get it. They just don't get it. So since they don't, Sometimes, if not most of the times, they end up failing or they can never grow into what God wants them to do. That thing right there was a problem. I said, Lord, it's a problem. Robin calls me one day and says, hey, Mike, it's up for sale. You guys are trouble to me. I'm going to tell you all that. You all are trouble, but that's okay. I love you all. She goes, Mike, it's up for sale. Well, you know what that means? I got to buy it. Because if I don't, Somebody else is going to get it, and the problem is going to continue on, and Anchor Baptist Church is still sitting here with issues around it that could, take, that could cause this thing to go away at any given time. 
I may not be here forever. You know what I'm trying to do is set up this thing so that no matter what we do, we have the ability to do some stuff down the road if the Lord says. So I'm sitting here going, okay, Lord, this is a problem. Well, we had a couple of ladies sitting out here on the back porch one night, and some of the black people over here, and red people, orange people, green people, white people, uh, they'd always, you guys think y'all all rich, and y'all, we ain't rich. But I mean, it was just nothing but problems coming out of that, and people with drug deals in our parking lot and everything else. I said, Lord, here's our church, and we're sitting here, and we're trying to protect us and our little ones and get the truth and the word of God out, and I've got this problem sitting over here, and silence on the net. 15 years, silence on the net. You know what the Lord is saying? If you're not going to finish what I told you to finish, why would I give you that? You know what he did as, as I'm uh, getting a little ways down through here and just about done? He gives us the house. You know what that does? It actually solves the problem. There is no problem with the neighbor anymore. Until we get one of you guys to move into there, I think the berries are going to move in. They may give us a problem, but other than that, uh, there won't be a problem. We own the property. Down the road, if we want to do something, we could kick them out and tear the house down. And we got the property. Uh, this, this church never has to leave the spot, but we still had that problem up there. I told Mike, I said, man, we got to go in. I got to go in and do the nursery. It isn't because I'm this great carpenter and just love to do it. I told God what I was going to do. And I hadn't finished it yet. I can't expect him to do nothing for me if I don't finish what he tells me to do. Or I made a deal with him on. So I go back and start tearing the thing apart. Then Linda comes, we get Linda involved, and I mean, within a day, she comes back and says, hey, this thing that the apartments have been, and then Brother Barry calls me about, he sends me a text about a, four or five days ago, a week or two, whatever. Oh, man, it looks like a U-Haul guy's up here, and they're moving the last person out. I'm like, yeah, that's probably what I need. <laughs> and then Mike and, and uh, Ruth say, oh, you need something else to keep you busy, because once you finish the nursery, you're just going to go crazy. No, I was looking to go crazy. I'm looking for anything to go back to my couch. That's what I'm looking for is my couch. I know right where my couch is. I like my couch. You bother me on my couch? Mm-hmm. That's, that's Beth. But I'm telling you, man, I'm sitting there going, Lord, this place now is open. And the Lord says that solves all of the problems that Anchor Baptist Church has. You are now, there's your nail. It's there. The land is right where it needs to be. Everything, you don't have any debt. The land is right where it's going to be. The church is out of debt. If y'all fired me tomorrow, the church would have zero debt. Zero. And it has the ability, if it wanted to, to put a building on the front of this thing. We could put an 80 by 120 on the front of it, put a second story where it comes right off the parking lot, and you'd walk right in with a place that you could drive underneath with this nice-looking thing like this, and you drive underneath and let people out of the car, come in the little doors, no, no ramps, no nothing, straight in, and a, set, a, a basement underneath of it that would be an 80 by 120 fellowship hall and classrooms and everything else. And because we bought that piece of property, that may never happen. But anything can happen on this thing, and the Lord says, you're now fixed. Brethren, that's Ezra. That's your Bible. You know what the Lord is doing? He said, finish this first, and then I'll open. You don't need that till this is done. You know what that tells you? That he's not done yet. Now, he may come back tomorrow. But along the way, he's always going to give us stuff to do that he wants done, 
And I think he wants a little church here called Anchor Baptist Church to stay here and flourish. And keep the truth going out. And the ministry is going out. Brethren, uh, why I want to say all that, there's this group of people here was the one Ezra had to, he had to see them. They were convinced. Now when the things, verse 9, verse 1, now when the things were done, the princes came. And he's talking about all the people. They want to do it. They just didn't know what to do. They have to do it. Brethren, this is your church. I'm letting you know that God has now given us what we need for the future. I don't know what the future holds for this church. I don't know what we will actually do. This may be all we ever need. But the Lord has given us a place where we're safe on every side. We can put our little kids out in the parking lot or out in the street, and we don't have to worry about the druggies or anything else anymore. We've eliminated. The Lord's eliminated that problem. This church is now sitting here where it has good rooms and good, it'll have a nice nursery, nice bathrooms. The Lord has given us everything we need to serve him. And he's done it in a, in, a, in a fashion just like he did with Ezra. And he's given us a place, a nail, and he gave us a space of grace. And we still have some grace that is still left. And we can still do something with it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Ezra had to get to the place and they said, okay, Lord, we got to do some tweaking here in our lives. Life, life as a Christian is always tweaking. You always have to tweak it. You go along, and then all of a sudden, the Lord will reveal something to you, and it has to be tweaked. You have to see it. You have to see it. Ezra's saying, these people, you know what they do? They get the thing right. And the problems they had, they resolved them. And, and they went on. And the walls were built around Jerusalem again, and Nehemiah came back and did that. And God, see, Ezra didn't know that Nehemiah was going to, the next step was Nehemiah. Ezra was just doing what God told him to do and take the stuff back to the temple. The Lord was getting ready to bring Nehemiah on the, on the stage, and he was going to get the walls built back around the temple. God, the thing, it's God's plan. When I, that piece of land came over, I sit down and said, Lord, what, what are you doing? <laughs> I said, I mean, we're almost to the day of finishing this thing up, and this happens. And I'm like, but that's what you did with my house. I said, my house was sitting there, and I had to finish that before this came in. And then once this came in, I had to finish this before that comes in and that comes in. And I'm sitting there going, Lord, what, what is going to... Brother, I'm excited. I think he's going to do something. And I think, I've told everybody, I said, when I finish this, he'll probably call me to be a missionary. Well, the, uh, the brother was here to Scotland the other day. He said, you need to come to Scotland, brother. You need to come to Scotland, because if God's going to call you back to be a missionary, yeah. I said, no, I'm 65 years old. I really don't want to go to mission field. I really don't want to eat bugs. I don't, I don't like to deal with rats. I mean, I've talked to them on Papua New Guinea where they have rats all over the room. I don't like that. I've been down in, in the Cuba, and they got, uh, what do they call those, banana, banana rats, man. These suckers are like, they're like pets. They have them for pets or dogs. They're so big. They run all over the place, man. I don't, I just, I'm sorry. I like America. I, I'm now, hang on. I'm like, I'm like the guys in Babylon. <laughs> Can I kind of just like send money over to you guys? Can I help you all in Jerusalem? But I, you know what God did? I, I had no idea that Anchor Baptist Church would be one of the only independent, fundamental, King James Bible-believing. We are the only PBI grad church in this, in this city. That's it, man. We're it. We're it. I don't know if there's one within a 50-mile radius of us. I don't know if there's one 200 miles of us. 
How in the world could you ever get there unless God put you there? Brother, we got, we got kids growing up. It's not just about us. We got old people that need help. It's not just about us. It's about them. And God gave us something for them. And if we don't take this thing serious, it can go away too. Now, what are you going to do when he drops everything into your lap and he says, here it is. And when the failure comes, it's not going to be him. It's going to be us. And what I don't want it to be is us. We got missionaries all around this place. How many of y'all like that missionary that was here the other day? Can it show hands? All right. How many of y'all would like us to support him? <laughs> he, he, he went over. I tell you what, you know what the guy did? He went over there. You've got his message. I, I talked to him. He went over there. They already had a house for him. Uh, they already had a church kind of set up for him, so he didn't have any of those expenses, so he went way undersupported. Now he wants to move from there and turn that over and start another work, and he needs support. I'm thinking about supporting him. Uh, is he a my stripe? No, he really he kind of is. Kind of is, and he's kind of around, but I think he's, he's been there for a while. He gets the job done. He knows exactly what he's doing. That's his home. You know what? He, that's his home. And he cares about that ministry. I tell people all the time, I said, you see signs, little flags around here? I really could care less about any one of those places. I care about Dayton, Ohio. We give them money so they can care about the place they're in. If this place goes away, they all lose whatever this church was providing. And it's, it's not me providing it, it's you. It's us as a body of believers. Do you, want, do you want number one? I got three books, prayer books. I mean, they're complete works of Ian Bounds. I got three of them. Uh, I don't have them here, but if you come and ask me, I will bring them in Sunday morning and I'll have them. And I'll give them to you if you'll read it and you will do what it says. At least try it. Uh, if you ever heard the story about... Uh, in his steps, Shelton, uh, Brother Shelton, uh, they, that little thing everybody has, what would Jesus do? Well, everybody wears those little snappy things, man, that says WWJD, and it's just a cliche to them that really doesn't mean a squat to them. They really don't care what Jesus would do. They just want to make, oh, I'm a Christian. Look, I got a WWJD thing on. That doesn't make you a Christian, by the way. That story, when you look at the story and what it came from, people always take stories and they blow them out here somewhere where they don't really mean anything at all and they lose the depth that they had. A guy died right there, which started that story, not here in this church, but in another church. Right there in front of the preacher, he died. And that right there, the death of that man started a revival in that city because it got a hold of the preacher's heart and got a hold of some of the other people in the church and from that small nucleus, it expanded out into the whole city. It could have kept going. I don't know how far it actually went. But people were getting saved left and right. You know what Ezra was doing? He was realizing that God has given them a chance to start this thing up again and to win some people and get back to doing the thing God wanted done. Just because we come to church don't mean we're in church. It doesn't mean that. If the thing is not changing your life, and if it's not changing my life, then it's really not church. It's not worship. These people all wanted to get back to a time that they remembered where God's present. The God. Not the God of the Amorites or the Hittites 
or the Perizzites, the God of the Jew, the God of Jacob, the God of Abraham. That's the God they were, because he, he's a real living God. Rabshak, he didn't know that. He thought the word God meant just about anything. That's not what it means. The Jew knows. And brothers, so do we. I was sitting reading this thing and said, Lord, you've given us a church here. You've given us everything we need to have a church here. You've given us the right book. I remember uh, Doc coming in here and he walked in that back door the first time that he came here and preached and everything was turned this way. And the first thing he seen on the back row was great hymns of the faith. And he knew we believed the King James Bible. And he looked at me and he said, where'd you come from? I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, how come I haven't heard of you? I'm like, why should you hear of me? He goes, no, 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 no. He said, these people got the right hearts. You got the right songbook. You got the right Bible. The church looks good. Everything looks good. You're a PBI grad. How come I've never heard of you? I said, I didn't think I was supposed to go out and make everybody hear of me. I just thought we should do what God says do and try to get a place for our little ones. Brother, we got a lot of young people that are grown up and getting. Brother Travis came into my office the other day and said, What do I do? <laughs> he goes, I've never had a baby. I'm like, I hope you never have one either. <laughs> if you do, we're going to make some money. <laughs> you know what I told him to do? I said, This is what I told him. I'll tell you all. So if you listen to your wife, and do whatever she says. <laughs> it's pretty basic. <laughs> if she says, I want some ice cream, get her a pickle and some ice cream, man. Get her whatever she wants. I got to go to the hospital. Take her to the hospital. If the hospital says she's not ready, take her back home. Take her back home. The next time she goes to the hospital, take her to the hospital. If she needs to bounce around on a ball all over the place, let her bounce around on the ball. Take her back home. When she's ready, she will tell you she's ready. The hospital will tell you she's ready. All you got to do is just be the gopher. <laughs> And be there for her. That's all you have to be. Right now, what she needs is him to be there for her. Her, her whole world is coming around her right there. And he needs to be there so that she can do what she's going to do in her world. And that's have a baby. I remember when they came to the church first. They came to church. I'm glad they're still here. I'm telling you, brother, it's, it's amazing. I, I, I know just about when every one of y'all came. Every one of you. And you may not think I care, but I do. Sometimes I don't get in your life because I'm learning to stay out of people's lives and let them just live. Because if I get in your life, you ain't going to like it. Because <laughs> I think you shouldn't sin. But I, I sin too, so I have a problem with that. Uh, how can you tell somebody not that the best thing you can do is pray about it and let Ezra, just like Ezra. You know what Ezra did? He sits there, he's just... Lord, what do we do? We need you to guide. You need, we need you to show us. And I'll be done right here. Then, verse 21, 821, says, Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river Ahava that we might afflict ourselves before God, our God, to seek of him a right way. Father, thank you for your blessings tonight. Lord, I want to thank you for all you've done. And Lord, that little piece of land up here with the house and the apartments and don't know really what we're going to do with it yet, but uh, uh, Lord, it, it's now going to become part of this uh, Anchor Baptist Church and, and Lord, it just cleans up uh, um, uh, an area of our church that 
uh, Lord just made unsafe for us to be, to, for people to walk out in the parking lots and everything else. And, and not only that, for the community, Lord, it was just, uh, it was just a, a, a place where it was causing problems and, and drugs and who knows what all went on over there. Uh, Lord, but you've opened up the, the landmass around us now that uh, there's, some, there's just some area, Lord, that we have that uh, no matter what happens down the road, uh, we have the ability to do anything now. Uh, and the, the city will be on our side and help us, and, and Lord, it's just a blessing. Uh, Lord, I, I just want to thank you that the finances you worked out over the years, you've done everything, Lord. It's all yours. You made the way just like you did it with Ezra, just like you did with Daniel, uh, just like you did with Nehemiah and anybody else down through the Bible, Lord. You've done it, and the church is all down through history up to us, Lord, and you're doing it now. Lord, help us to see that it's not about one person, but it's about a church. And Lord, Anchor Baptist Church has a, a nail, Lord. We have a a space for grace, Lord. We just have a little grace given to us. And, Lord, uh, we can abuse it and lose it, or we can uh, be aware of what we're doing, Lord, and, and uh, Lord, we can watch your hand move uh, as I have watched you move for the last 43 years. Lord, I, I appreciate that. Thank you for it. Uh, Lord, I'd never want to change anything that you ever did. Lord, uh, uh, you always don't show us exactly what you're going to do when you do it, but, Lord, it's on your time scale and on your time frame. You do what you want to do. Lord, help us to see what we need to do along the way and do it. Uh, Lord, each and every one of us have a part uh, in this church. Each and every one of us has a part in what you'd have us to do. Lord, I don't think you called any one of these people here tonight or, or Sunday or anywhere else, Lord, that you didn't want them here and, and had a, a reason for them to be here. Lord, I just pray that you'd use us all, Lord. Help us to see the, the seriousness of what you're doing. And Lord, uh, this world, they need to see our God. We can't go to the world and, and get what they have and then try to tell them about our God. They need to see us trusting our God and our Lord and Savior and Him working out the problems. Lord, you worked out the problems. It just amazed me that two days after I asked uh, Linda the, about that land, Lord, she came up and told me that it was open and we could get it and nobody else is looking at it. And, and the last, and I mean, it was just amazing, Lord. Just one, two, three, four, five, it's done. And Lord, uh, what a blessing that is. Uh, Lord, but it wasn't done until we had finished what we said we'd start and finish. Lord, help us to see uh, what, your, what your plan is, and Lord, help us get in it. Lord, bless Anchor Baptist Church and use it. Lord, I don't want anybody to think that we're just getting land just to get land. Uh, Lord, there's always a reason why we do what we do. It's safety, number one, is for our little ones, for, uh, for us, Lord, so we can come and, and uh, be a blessing to the community, to, uh, to the church, to the people in the church, and, to, and give a place that we can raise our young ones. Father, again, thank you for all your blessings over the years. And Father, bless the prayer service, and we'll praise you on you in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Any questions? I, 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 I should say, has anybody got any questions about the land?